Welcome to the About Sex Podcast. I'm your host, Angela Skirtu, and you can find me at www.aboutsexpodcast.com, or you can also find me at www.therapistinstlouis.com. And today, I am speaking with Susan Bratton. Thank you for joining us today. And Susan is the CEO of The 20 LLC, and... Um, there are a couple things underneath. Why don't you explain some of this for our listeners? So what is the 20 LLC? What is Better Lover, the Sexual Soulmate Pact, and Relationship Magic? Because that's what I'm seeing in your tags. <laughs> Tell us a little sure. more about yourself, Susan. Yeah. Well, the 20 is a supplement company. <laughs> oh, I was like, what's that sound? <laughs> I make libido supplements. Uh, I'm the CEO of two companies, and I'm also the face of the brand. I'm a sexpert. I'm not a therapist. I'm an expert and a publisher of passionate lovemaking techniques, and that's a company called Personal Life Media. We have about 20 titles. Um that's where you'd see relationship magic, sexual soulmate, steamy sex ed, expand her orgasm tonight, female liquid orgasm, seduction trilogy, reviver drive, the blowjob secret, uh, and it goes on and on and on. We produce audio, video, ebook, online accessible programs for singles and couples across the gender spectrum who want to transform having sex into making love. So I'm an expert at orgasm skills, bedroom communication techniques, and essentially what I like to call heart-connected, conscious, passionate lovemaking. And then the 20, uh, that is the supplement products. I do like sound effects. And uh, <laughs> so like, Every time that happens, it's throwing me off. I'm like, oh no, there's something attacking us. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing's attacking. Um, the only thing that's happening is you're, it's getting your blood flowing. Um, I realized a lo- after doing, after helping people turn sex into passion for 15 years, one of the things I realized was that sex techniques and bedroom communication skills were good, but people were missing the third leg of the stool, which is health, sexual health. And a lot of people suffer from erectile dysfunction, loss of libido, vaginal laxity, dryness, incontinence, um, atrophy of the penis, the vulva, you know, there's a lot of things that happen to the parts. And um, I really looked at what was available to people and there's basically Viagra and that's it. Now there's actually a lot more out there that people don't know about. Everything from peptides like PT-141, which is kind of the aphrodisiac peptide to Gainswave treatments and vacuum erection devices and the V-Fit, which mm-hmm. I love, which is a um, intravaginal kind of do-it-yourself at-home vaginal restoration device. So there are actually a lot of things, but most people assume it's their hormones, like, oh, my sex drive is shot, it's my hormones, and it's not. A lot of it is because of blood flow, nitric oxide, and things like that. Mm. So I've been... I- I have become a huge champion of the clitoral erection, not just the penile erection. Ooh, <laughs> because that everybody thinks <laughs> ED is a man's problem, and it's equally a woman's problem. We just have an any instead of an Aldi, so you can't see it. So it's, it goes kind of like untreated, if you will, unknown, un- unresolved. So, um, yeah, I really love the clitoris. I really love the penis. I really love erectile tissue, and I really love orgasmic potential. And they all kind of come together in those two companies. 
Wow, that's that's a lot to take in. All right, now before we get into this next conversation, I just want to stop to give us a word from our new sponsors. So I am now working with a really cool company called Let's Get Checked. You can find them at trilgc.com slash stay kinky. What's really cool about this company actually is that they're doing testosterone testing for men and hormone checks for men and women. A lot of people are struggling with hormonal imbalances and reduced testosterone levels, which really can impact your sex life. And so more and more men and women are trying to test their hormone levels to see how they're doing. One in four men over 30 are actually low in testosterone. Symptoms you might want to look at include fatigue, erectile dysfunction, low sex drive, anxiety, brain fog, even having a hard time making decisions, which is basically most of my client population. (laughs) Just teasing. But I mean, enough of you who come see me are actually really struggling with testosterone levels in your sex drive. So what's cool about this group is you can pick from either a male hormone test kit, a female hormone test kit, or an STD test kit. And what's really cool is they send it right to you in your home. You do what you need to do to take the test. And depending on what test you use, you'll either have to do a blood sample or a blood sample and a urine sample. And then you send it back and everything's completely confidential. And basically they deliver to your home, they collect your sample, they review your results for you. So depending on what happens with your test, they may provide a prescription in some cases. Usually it would only be for something like if they're treating STDs. If you do end up having something longer term like hormone therapy, then you'll likely be referred to a longer term provider. But at least you'll know where you stand. So it's really cool. Your results are available and they'll be reviewed by a physician. And then a nurse will contact you for a consultation over the phone. The Let's Get Checked Laboratories are CLIA approved and everything is completely anonymous. So again, that website is trylgc.com slash stay kinky and use the coupon code stay kinky to get 20% off. All right, Susan, you know, you have a lot of really cool topics. And one of the things that stood out to me actually was orgasm. I, I don't know if I've talked a lot about orgasm and how to get orgasms on the show. So this might be fun. Yeah. What what are some of your well, what are some of your strategies to help people learn either learn to orgasm for the first time or learn to reorgasm if they used to, but they struggle to now? Because that's a problem as well. Yeah, that is so true. Well, you've come to the right place if you want to talk about orgasms. I call myself an orgasmonaut. <laughs> Cha-ching. <laughs> I'm kind of, um, I'm like the astronaut in the far reaches of orgasmic space. Um, I think that until you have learned how to be an expert orgasmer, you can't really, you don't have the map to the territory. And so I said about it, Being mapping, an expert, do you mean like, you know, you can do it every time? What would an expert be yeah. <laughs> for orgasming? Well, um, yeah, I think there's a lot of skills. One of them is um, that you have an ease and a comfort around your body's wisdom and response. So you don't ever worry, am I going to be able to come? Because you come so well and so easily. That's one thing. Another thing is being able to orgasm from many different kinds of stimulation. That could be from verbal, you know, coming a touchless orgasm. It could be from being able to be in an orgasmic space where you can stay in orgasm, take that moment of climax and just stay in it and expand it over time. So being fully multi-orgasmic and just being able to hang out in the climax and stay there and then um, 
being able to have different kinds of orgasms, whether that's orgasms from particular kinds of stimulation, like a clitoral orgasm, a vaginal orgasm from penetration, a G-spot orgasm, an anal gasm, an orgasm from going down on someone. You know, um, uh, Linda Lovelace was right. We have essentially a clitoris in our throat, so we can have orgasms from... Um, you know, penile penetration of our throat, um, orgasms from kissing, breastgasms, bellygasms, footgasms, you know, and then there's always wild card gasms, right? There's all the ones. <laughs> I wasn't that are expecting like this. <laughs> your kind of, you know, your particular freak. Everybody's got a little freak, you know, like, oh, you know what really makes me come, you know, that kind of thing. Um, well, and you then know what's male. interesting about that? I mean, I, I remember recently, so I recently got divorced a couple years ago, and I actually had an orgasm with a new partner by him him kissing the back of my neck, actually. Yes. And that there was a go. very unique, different orgasm I had never experienced. Yeah. So you're saying you can get them all over your body? How exciting. <laughs> yes. Not only that, and your neck has erectile tissue in it. You know, when we used to have hickeys in mm -hmm. high school and we oh, yeah. get really turned on from our neck getting sucked, well, that's erectile tissue and, and you know, orgasmic potential right there. Um, well, where is all the erectile tissue then? Well, let me finish off on your first question because I don't, I, there's one more point I want to make about orgasm because okay, sure. I'm really, I'm really putting, I'm laying out a map of orgasm, right? Okay, um, sure. The other piece of it is um, orgasm techniques. So female ejaculatory orgasms, male multiple full body orgasms, um, expanded orgasms or orgasmic meditation, deliberate massive orgasms. That's a, that's a category of orgasm. That's a specific type of orgasm. So there are not only the, you know, the confidence type of piece of it where you know your body has the wisdom and can do it. Then there's the different types of stimulation and then there's the different types of orgasm. <laughs> so it's very multidimensional when you think about orgasmic response. And one of the things that I think is very important is that where women are underserved in certain areas of our sexuality in the standard of what we think sex is, the, you know, kind of cultural um, you know, group think of what sex is, if you will. Uh, women are underserved in certain ways and men are underserved in certain ways. And when I talk about that, what I'm talking about are vulva owners and penis owners, because I support people across the gender spectrum, however they identify. But you also do when you're in this, the world of sex and orgasm, part of what influences your orgasmic response is the equipment you were born with or you have now. <laughs> sure. So there's also that men get shortchanged because they associate orgasm with ejaculation. And one of the things I really like to explain to guys is that those are two entirely separate systems in your body, just like they are in the female body. And so you can have lots of orgasms without ejaculating. Once you understand how to attain ejaculatory choice to be able to come when you want to. Well, just to break that down, I mean, there's a, when we talk about orgasm and you can describe this a little more on your side, but there's kind of a, we're talking about the euphoria, that physiological sensation of, of almost like a high that you get right from orgasm. And that, and I think what you're basically saying is that you can separate that high and that euphoria from the actual expression of ejaculate. And I, I know that that can happen for both, or for all genders, will be inclusive all genders because it's not it's not a binary system, correct? 
Yes. Just the same as when a woman ejaculates. So a lot of times she'll say, wow, I didn't actually have an orgasm when I ejaculated. I had one before it and I had one after it, but it wasn't that they didn't coincide. It wasn't mm -hmm. like my orgasm made me release fluid. And that's the mm -hmm. same exact thing for men. Your ejaculation and your orgasm are separate systems. So you can disconnect them, which then increases your orgasmic potential. So I still want to ask the original question I yeah, asked yeah. earlier, which is where are these penile tissues and tell me more about them? <laughs> sure. Um, so one of the things that um, I, I love to use an example, you like stories, Angela. <laughs> I do. I'm a story lover. Lava. I'm going to tell you a story about a banana. <laughs> oh, good. I wish so, I was eating a banana right now. Dang it. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, imagine you're holding a banana in your hand and you're looking at this banana and it's curved and it's, you know, looks like a penis. Okay. Well, Think about that entire banana being the, that the, the actual fruit inside is erectile tissue. And that's pretty much the whole banana. It's almost all erectile tissue. That's what a penis is. And a penis, about half the banana sticks out of a man, and about half of it is the buried shaft, the buried banana. It, it almost looks like a tongue. It kind of goes back into his abdomen and down. I've been on a search for the buried banana forever. <laughs> <laughs> it's in my yoni. <laughs> You'll never find it. <laughs> I hid it up in there. <laughs> I knew it. You've been keeping the banana from me all this time. I've been hiding right, so it. <laughs> <laughs> so when I when I when guys when you think about a guy's penis, you think about the erectile tissue is those chambers that of spongy tissue that fill up with blood when he gets a hard on and gives him this erection. So if you think about a guy and you say, oh wow, only half of your erectile tissue is sticking out, half of it's inside. A lot of guys aren't actually maximizing their erectile potential. They're not getting as hard as they can. They'll notice every once in a while they get really, really hard, but a lot of times they're hard, but not super hard. Um, really working the tissue in his abdomen, up under the perineal area, and um, stroking that buried shaft gives a guy a much firmer erection and therefore increased pleasure and sensation because he's harder and there's more square inch of tissue that feels pleasure. Mm -hmm. If you take that entire banana and now look at it again and notice the little stem of the banana. So you've got that little stem. That's the clitoris. And a woman has as much of or as much banana inside her as a man does. So 5% of her erectile tissue is sticking out and 95% of it is inside her vulva. All around, I'll tell you where it all is. And what where women get short shrift is that we don't think enough about our own clitoral system erections. We're not giving ourselves the time that it takes to get fully engorged. We're not understanding that blood flow is as vital for us as it is for our male-bodied partner. In addition, our vagina, the canal, doesn't have any glands. So it's not self-lubricating with glandular tissue. 
Your blood plasma has to, your blood has to flow to your pelvic bowl. And then the watery fluid that lubricates your vaginal mucosa seeps from your blood plasma through the vaginal tissue to make you wet and lubricated. So when women think, oh, I don't have lubrication because I'm low on estrogen, they're often actually low on nitric oxide production because our nitric oxide production, which is the thing that allows us to get the blood flow, it it diminishes as we age. By the time you're 50 or 60, you've got half the blood flow that you did when you were 20 or 30. Because Let me break something down you're talking about just to yeah. kind of, just for my listeners. So, you know, um, I hear this often, but I don't think I say it often enough on the show. But like, so the female or the, the vagina for vagina owners, that's a term people use um, on the show at times. But for vagina owners, you a vagina typically is pretty... Um, it's pretty lubricated. It's pretty wet, but it's not wet in the way that, like when people say, are you wet? Are you lubricated? It's not the same kind of wet. So that whole, the vagina, the inside of the vulva, right, is is wet on a regular basis, like to touch, but it's not quite lubricated in the way that people would enjoy, like a person with a vagina would enjoy sex. And that's why some people feel like when they're being touched in that area or even being penetrated in that area too soon, that doesn't feel very good because it hasn't actually lubricated. So it stays moist and wet, but the actual lubrication needed for sex to be a very good experience, particularly penetrative sex, is more so than that basic lubrication. Yeah. And I know that you're talking about this. Yeah, you have to get aroused. And like to your point earlier, there's, I I actually call it the vagon, which I think it's funny that you're talking about clitoral erection because it's like, yeah, it's like a vagon, right? You kind of, it's just like gets bigger and it gets, and I don't think people realize it gets redder, it gets fuller, it gets thicker. Like you can actually visually see a vagina and a vulva change. Well, I guess vulva because the vulva is the outside part, right? But, you know, it becomes different to touch and to see. And so that so you're saying like it's more than just a hormonal thing here. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's about your nitric oxide production, which is which creates vasodilation, which creates blood flow to the vulva and all of the parts, which creates puffy, pillowy tissue that is expanded and larger, more, you know, thicker plumper so that there's actually more surface area for increased pleasure and sensation, which gets you increased lubrication and orgasmic intensity. So for a lot of women who feel like they used to be able to come and now they struggle, often it's as simple as replenishing your nitric oxide supply. It's not necessarily that you need estrogen cream or what have you. Now, Estrogen cream helps keep the tissue pliable and thicker, which is also very, very important and helpful. But a lot of that can be had, if you will, with good manual stimulation and regular lovemaking. Um, That really helps a lot. Mm. So going back to where's the buried treasure in a vulva, um, (laughs) the tip of the clitoris is a gland. It's actually not erectile but it has the most nerve endings. And then there's the shaft. So it's just like a little penis. When it gets hard, the clit pops with an erection. It takes usually takes women about 20 minutes to get with manual stimulation, oral stimulation, stimulation with a toy, pre-penetration. 
um, to get her clitoral heart on. But the clitoris has also little arms called crora that drape over the top of the vaginal opening. And it has these vestibular bulbs, which are these big punching bag kind of legs that are part of the clitoral structure that are underneath the fur on each side of the opening to the vagina under the labia majora. And then there's what people call the G-spot, which is actually the urethral sponge. And it's a long tube of erectile tissue that travels from uh, the front of the, kind of right between the clitoris and the opening to the vagina. Um, There's a spongy tissue surrounding where the pee comes out, your urethral exit. And it goes inside along the roof of the vagina and it's all spongy tissue. And then there's a spongy tissue called the perineal sponge between the bottom of the vagina and the rectum. So if you look at a vulva and you imagine it, all the erectile tissue, it's literally like a bracelet surrounding the vagina. There's a whole cuff of erectile tissue all the way around. So when people are clitorally focused and they're only focused on the tip of the clit, that stem of the banana, they're missing the opportunity to get the whole banana full of blood. And once you start thinking, okay, I got to get the, but the banana's a circle, the banana's a donut, basically. Oh, okay, he's got a banana, I've got a donut of erectile (laughs) tissue. How do I stimulate and pleasure myself or have my partner pleasure pleasure me too in a way that's going to get all the blood flowing into that pelvic bowl so that my donut puffs up so that I can have orgasms from intercourse without even touching my clitoris because my clitoris isn't the tip. My clitoris is the donut all the way around. (laughs) So you can have hands-free penetrative orgasms once you start really focusing on filling that up with blood and pleasure and sensation. You know, I'm totally imagining like a pool, you know, like those little uh, (laughs) rafts that's like, no, no, the raft, like, because I was thinking a donut shaped one and it's like blowing up with air and just getting thicker. (laughs) It's like, okay, from a donut to an inner tube. (laughs) Yes. Well, and the G spot, I always use the... the concept that, um, you know, those extruded noodles that kids play with in the pool, those Mm -hmm. plasticky noodles, that's what the urethral sponge looks like. It looks like an extruded pool noodle of erectile (laughs) tissue. And that's what's running from the face of your vulval opening all the way up along your vagina. That sponge. All my listeners are going to imagine like a noodle having sex with an inner tube now for the next 10 minutes. (laughs) Well, that's really interesting. So like, what are some of the, what are some of the steps or, you know, I guess steps isn't the best way of putting it, but you know, like, what are some of the processes that people have to go to, to learn to use their whole banana, so to speak? (laughs) I think um, three things, manual stimulation, oral stimulation, and stimulation with vibration and pulsation are all three very good ways to prepare a vulva for orgasmic penetrative sex. (laughs) Um, You know, and you can come the whole time on your way to penetrative sex as well. Um, A lot of Of sex Of course, we should definitely do that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You should be coming before your lover hits the bed, right? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I guess it depends, but (laughs) sure. (laughs) 
Well, so then, um, what, like, so you're saying doing, so um, one of the things I also kind of think about actually is even the prepping above that, because, you know, there's always this kind of discussion about, you know, like how are couples kind of connecting with each other and, and even even before some of that stimulation, like kissing, cuddling, connect, you know, like the, it's weird, but the word foreplay is kind of starting to, starting to lose some of its steam uh, because people are kind of seeing sex as a more, a broader bubble, you know, like a umbrella of a lot of different things. So like sometimes people think of foreplay and they think, well, that's not like, that's this precursor to sex. And so then, but what it does is it kind of um, challenges people who are in the queer community and um, people who engage in queer sex who maybe will never do necessarily like that what you would consider typical penis and vagina intercourse. And so for them, they would say, you know, like, this is our, this is our sex. The foreplay is our sex. Um, so that's just a side note, but just thinking kind of along those lines, then what are, in addition to those things, what are some of the things that, I guess, I mean, how do you kind of define good sex or healthy sex and like, you know, what your thoughts are and what that looks like and no shoulds. Cause I was just talking about this earlier and the should is shaming. So no shoulding, but like, this would be great ideas. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that going after all of the possibilities is always fun. The more different kinds of sex you have, the, you know, the, the greater your response, the more comfortable, comfortable you become, the more pleasure you ultimately achieve, um, the less bored you get because you're trying new things all the time. So everything from, um, dress up and role play and lingerie and dancing for each other to different positions, to different locations, to trying toys. Um, couples tell me that, and my fans and followers are primarily heterosexual monogamous couples. That's the, the big bell curve of people who follow me, but people of all walks of life, all ages, all persuasions, all gender identities are part of my fan base. Um, but most couples say what they do a really bad job of is incorporating toys into their lovemaking. Mm. And I really, there's so many great toy companies out there. Um, two that I love are, there's three. There's three companies that I think make non-toxic, high-quality, innovative, gender non-binary, um, just really interesting toys. One is a company called Hot Octopus. Mm -hmm. Another is a company called Fun Factory. And the third is a company called Mystery Vibe. And they all have wildly different toys that are incredibly inclusive. Um, so I always encourage couples to try different toys to have a big toy basket because I, I mean, call it the bag of tricks. <laughs> yeah, gotta have a lot of bag of tricks. Um, so that's a, that's an area that I think is really fun. And then learning new skills together, whether that be taking on an expanded orgasm practice or learning how to gain ejaculatory choice and become a, a multi-orgasmic man or learning how to squirt, you know, female ejaculation, um, G-spot pleasuring, G-spot healing, um, oral pleasuring. I mean, they're at one of the programs that I think is probably, I think it's my number one seller is a video collection of eight videos called the Steamy Sex Ed Video Collection. And what I love about Steamy is that it's, it's approachable couples 
that are demonstrating 200, I think there's over 200 lovemaking techniques. Some of them are positions, some are oral, some are manual. Um, And in each case, you're seeing things that you've never thought to do with a vulva, a penis, or anything in between. And I really like that because you as your own person and then you in the context of you and your partner have lots of good ideas. And if you're always open to experimenting and trying new things and and listening to your body and asking your partner for what it wants, you're going to explore a lot of new territory together. But I also think there's nothing better than actually seeing techniques demonstrated that you can follow along with and learn that would have never dawned on you, that no one you've ever been has done to you, that just literally never entered your mind. That's what I think is really cool about sex is it's not that difficult, but it's vast. So there's a lot of joy, pleasure, sensation, and connection that can be had by just being open to being a techniques collector and a communication skills collector and things like that. I like that a lot, actually, because I think we don't see into each other's bedrooms. We do have porn, but I don't think porn really shows sex and sexuality the way, like the way a couple can become intimate with each other and the way they can connect in a different way. And each person comes with their own creativity too, right? And so a lot of times because we don't see what's happening in other people's bedrooms and we don't know quite what's out there, people kind of feel lost. And so I I think that's great that you have this resource that people can kind of see. It's like a window into people's bedrooms. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's um, it's funny. I really like to allow myself to think of new things I want to do. And just the other day, I had my man sit down on the floor with his back against the couch, and I stood up over him and basically draped my vulva over his face. And he went down on me, or kind of went up on me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> More vertically and up. <laughs> I held on to the uh, sofa arm, and we we had such a fun time. He just got lost in his pleasure, and so did I. And it was a different feeling because I was instead of me on my back, where he he was kind of face down on me, I was draped over him, and he was up inside me. And I felt very powerful because my legs were, my stance was wide Mm -hmm. and I was above kind of lording over him. And it made me feel really sexy because I was just like queen of the, you know, whatever, queen of the bedroom. (laughs) Uh, And he was servicing me, you know, and and, oh my God, we just had such a good time with that. Like even now that I'm just telling you about it, I was thinking, dang, that was a hot little scene we had. That one was fun. (laughs) And I, and it was just because we were on the bed and I think we'd maybe been doing 69 or something like that. And my knees were hurting me and I wanted to stand up. And I was like, Hey babe, you know what I want to do? Will you get down on the floor and lean against the sofa? And can we do it this way? And he's like, yeah. Like, why would we not? Let's do that. (laughs) Exactly. So I think it's just that constant invention fueled by learning that keeps a sex life very hot. You know, you mentioned something earlier, um, having orgasms without either any penetration or I'm not sure if I heard this right, but even touch, like kind of mental orgasms. Mm -hmm. 
So tell me about this, because a lot of people are very curious about that, including me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, there is um, a category of sexuality that's based in neuro-linguistic programming, that NLP, that uses um, erotic hypnosis to do what is often called a think-off. And um, David Shade and Mark Cunningham are kind of the the market leaders in um, hypnotizing usually women and putting them into a hypnotic state and giving them orgasms just from talking to them and telling them to come. The demonstrations are wild. It's so interesting. And the women love it. And then there's another category that's along the same lines, which is the notion of phone sex, you know, remote turn on, which is more in the category of dirty talk. And then there's a third category that comes out of the um, extended massive orgasm, orgasmic meditation, expanded orgasm world of people. And that is the notion that you can start coming before your partner touches you. Uh, women learning, more women than men in that, in their, in that particular sex cult, um, <laughs> more women than men, uh, and they become so orgasmically responsive that before their partner lays a hand on them, they've already begun having orgasmic contractions. So these are just three examples. You wanted stories, Angela. These are just three (laughs) examples of different approaches that different communities use for the touchless orgasm. It's interesting. You know, actually, speaking of stories, I was thinking I actually was raised in a somewhat um, religiously conservative environment. And so growing up, I was, no, I know, growing up, I wasn't allowed to masturbate. It was kind of like an evil thing. But I actually remember mentally, I mean, it wasn't in any of those schools of thoughts, but like I learned to kind of, well, essentially come in my mind. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, because I, because you do it and you feel this sexual eroticism, but I was like, oh, don't ever touch yourself. It's evil. You know, (laughs) I wouldn't, I wouldn't for a very long time, but I would find basically, I guess, meditative ways. I don't even know how to describe it, but ways to kind of erotically go into a different space. And I've since called, I was actually doing an interview earlier today. I was talking about it as the playground, the playground in your head where you can kind of get lost in this fantasy space, essentially. And um, I found it with like, with some of my clients when they start to explore different um, erotic scenarios, things that are maybe sometimes in the taboo category or just out of the, like what their usual realm is. When they can get lost, they can get lost in that same playground space where you're just getting, you're, you know, it's just like a fantasy land that's really sexy and dirty, but fun and wild and inappropriate, you know, all the great things about sex. And so I just, I find it really interesting because I, I don't, I don't remember having any conscious choice having done it. I just kind of was like, I need to do something here. <laughs> You know, because you get you, you're still a sexual person. You know, am I right? <laughs> so it's interesting. So, how have you helped people? Like, have you helped people with that, or kind of just guided them towards a space where they can learn it? 
I think what I do is bring people's awareness to it so they know it's available and they can go find more if they're interested. It's those, I see. So you start people on their journeys. Not my area of expertise. <laughs> <laughs> like, go on this journey. I want you to learn. <laughs> <laughs> well, so for that for that eight hour, you said there was this that that show like or the different um, videos that you've done of people. Like, did you make them or is it like a how? What? Tell me a little bit about that process of the what was it the eight hour? Um, can you remind me of what it was called? Yeah, it's called the Steamy Sex Ed Video Collection. I'll send it to you. Yeah, please and, do. Um, it's eight. You know, there are a lot of people in the world that don't have that don't have good internet. You know, they live in rural mm-hmm. areas, etc. So I make it in DVDs as well as digital video, digitally delivered video. And so huh. I just have sold a million bucks worth of DVDs over the last few years. It's amazing. Well, that's really nice. <laughs> and it's because it's not porn. It's it's anti-porn. It's it is the antidote to porn. Um, I personally don't like porn. Mm-hmm. I um, I just find it upsetting. I find it degrading to women. And I, that's not me. I mean, Time Magazine, um, quote, last year, I think it was, uh, quoted a piece of research that someone had done where they did a random sample of 300 different um, pornographic videos. And they... Um, they said that they ca- they cataloged them, and ninety six percent of them were showed acts that were degrading to women. Mm. And I really feel like people are getting. I also hate what movies and television do when they depict sex. Because I was watching some stupid movie the other day with Ashton Kutcher <laughs> and some female actress. I'm not. I don't know much about who, who actors and actresses are. And okay. um, he, they, they fell in love with each other and they, you know, they, they went to her bedroom and he ripped off her pants and ripped off his pants and sh- threw her on the bed and stuck himself in her. Like no kissing, no warm up, no lube, no nothing. And so you see that in mm-hmm. every television show and movie, just this idea of like instant penetration. And that's where it ends up that I I wrote a program called Revive Her Drive for men in relationship who want more sex than their wife or girlfriend does to explain to men what went wrong and why what they've done unbeknownst to them and due to the influences of pornography, mainstream media, and lack of sex education, they've been treating her the way they want to be treated as a masculine-bodied person and it's been so bad for her that she doesn't even want to have sex with him anymore. Like she's happy to say, oh, I'm in menopause. I don't want to have sex anymore. I'm done with you. Or It breaks up more marriages than finance. And a big part of it is from pornography and television and movies and lack of education that people end up getting divorced because the sex is bad. And, you know, you see these guys marrying, having serial wives, and every one of them is younger than the last one because she still will have sex with him. And you see women in their 40s, 50s, and 60s divorcing their husbands, where their husbands were waiting this whole time for the kids to go off to college so they would have sex again because he thought it was just that she was focused on the kids. Well, she doesn't want to have sex with him because she had, you know, 20 years of him masturbating inside her and she's never doing that again. You know, so there's like, there's a lot of big shifts happening in, and they're 
directly from the dissatisfaction of the patriarchal view of sexuality. So that's why I try to teach women about their own erectile tissue and having clitoral erections and teaching men to slow the heck down, for God's sakes. It's not about getting your penis in her vagina as fast as possible. Like there's so much pressure in the bedroom for people. So having the steamy sex ed video collection where couples see other couples slowly and in a heart-connected way, pleasuring each other in hundreds of different ways that that couple's never even thought of before, has just been a very, very good franchise for me, if you will. You know, Susan, I really appreciate you doing what you're doing. Thank you. I'm towards the end of the podcast, so I'm going to have to structure things up here, but I just... You know, I really appreciate that that is a resource out there because so many of my clients are struggling with exactly what you're describing. Basically, um, you know, and I think it comes from lack of sex education, to be fair. Exactly what you're saying is that how how we've been taught the little information that's... I mean, the funny thing is there's a lot of information out there, but it's how you it's how you access it. It's, it's where you find it. And because so many people do go to porn, they're getting very, very skewed, very skewed sex education. And so I am, I am grateful to hear that you're putting stuff out there to show what the rest of, well, what the, like other versions of sexuality can look like. So um, since we are kind of towards the end of the podcast, what is kind of a final thought that you just want to share with the audience members about you? And then of course, this is where you put your plug in. <laughs> oh, um, gosh. Um, I guess I would say spend a lot more time manually stimulating each other's genitals <laughs> and your own <laughs> oh, with, good. with an organic nut oil. Um, mm. No no lubes that you buy at the grocery store or the CVS or the Target or what have you. They're full of chemicals and your tissue absorbs it and toxins erode your hormones, neurotransmitters, etc. Mm. So... Really just slowing down and pleasuring each other manually to get lots more turn on, comfort, engorgement, arousal. If you could do anything, that would be the thing to do. Okay. And what's the plug? Where do people find you? You can find me at personallifemedia.com, which is where I've published thousands of articles on just about everything you could imagine sexually that are all for free. You can go to betterlover.com, where I've produced hundreds of free videos on every subject you can think of sexually that are techniques and tips and ideas. I've written 34 books, and most of them are free. So um, that's a great kind of way to find out more information about me. And then if you're interested in my libido vitamins or my blood flow supplements, that's at the20store.com. And that's T-H-E-2-0 store.com. That's me. Well, thank you very much. Susan Bratton has joined us today. And this is the About Sex Podcast. You can find us at www aboutsexpodcast.com or you can also find me at www.therapistinstlouis.com Thank you again, Susan, for joining us. It was really great to hear from you. Thanks. And you're welcome. Stay kinky, St. Louis.